What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Personal Finance Boss. My name is Julian. With me is Ali, and today we have another somewhat pandemic-related topic. Not because you haven't heard enough about the pandemic already. I'm sure when you turn the news on, that's all you hear about. But this is more following or going to be looking at real estate trends or what we think real estate trends will be because these are unprecedented times and we can't really mm-hmm. predict. And people that claim to be able to predict, well, they're kind of wrong. Yeah. <laughs> there was something. I, I, I was talking about. about something to someone about predictions of this year that they had completely off. That you had predictions no, no, of this no, no, year? No, no, um, no, that, that analysts did, but I don't remember. Probably like forecasts and stuff on the uh, S&P. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it was like the dip in March or... Anyways, it doesn't matter. So why are we looking at the real estate market now? Like, why is it different now? What's shifting in, 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 in your opinion, Ali? Well, one good thing is real estate is always it takes some time, you know, for stuff to happen. It's not a it's not a it's not like the stock market where news in gets reflected right away. Yeah. It usually takes some time, you know. There's um, a huge lag. In yeah, exactly. It takes a quarter, two quarters usually for the market to shift. And because of the transactional nature that it takes so much longer to close and find and, you know, just go from uh, finding a place to actually owning the place. It takes some time before all of these things kind of fill into place and 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 it's really now that we start seeing how the market has changed how covid and the different tastes and what covid has brought on in terms of work from home in terms of buyer's taste in terms of lockdown and everything what that means for the real estate market what that means for your current property portfolio going forward what that even means for real estate investment trust what that means for REITs going forward so yeah we're just gonna talk about some of those but it's obvious, you know, just looking outside and driving through your city. Like, for example, an easy thing is just looking at the downtown area because people aren't working, people aren't going in, people aren't using public transit as much. The 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 real estate market, the commercial market there is probably dead for now. It'll probably bounce back. But in terms of the residential market, and we can keep this mostly residential. Yeah, I mean, sure. We can talk about commercial a bit. But mostly on the residential side, we've seen like reports out of Toronto, for example, that People, the Airbnb units now are coming back up on rentals. No one wants the Airbnb demand has dried up completely. But now we've seen just this surge in rental units and people dropping their rent. There's been reports out of New York that people are giving three months free in New York, which I have never heard of in my 25 years of existence. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, it's just a, a changing dynamic that no one could have expected. And I mean, some people that bought units such a long time ago, you know, may have just recuper- may have already recuperated their investment. But the people that just bought recently in like January, for example, or even March, thinking that, oh, I'm going to do Airbnb, the summer season is coming up, it's going to be great. You're really looking at a completely different cash flow situation, which affects the valuation, too, of some of these properties going forward. Yeah. And there's that for sure. The fact that People aren't moving around. People aren't making money or as much money. So rents, they want to push rents downwards for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's also another interesting thing where you look at if you had to sort of create a graph in your mind and you had the center point of the graph, which was a downtown core. And then all around that center point, you have, you know, going further and further away, away from the center. So it's like if you took a map of any city with a downtown in the middle and then 
you draw circles that go further and further around the downtown core. So, you know, the, if you're in the, living in the boonies, you're very far from the downtown core. So that would be very far from the center point of the graph. You kind of get it? Yes. Okay. So normally the way that prices work in real estate in uh, how you like in developed areas is that very expensive downtown, much less expensive in the boonies, mm-hmm. right? In mm-hmm. the suburbs. And then depend. sometimes you have like some luxury higher end suburbs where prices can go up even though they are further away from the downtown core than mm-hmm. uh, places in between that are not as nice but that are slightly mm-hmm. closer. So you, there's a premium in terms of proximity, but a discount in terms of overall quality mm-hmm. and appeal of the neighborhood. So it kind of looks like a normal curve, meaning it's very low on the outskirts, outskirts in terms mm-hmm. of price. And as you approach the downtown core, it goes up, up until, you know, you pass the downtown corner on the other side of the town where it starts to go down again and do the same thing as it did uh, from east to west, west to mm-hmm. east, north to, north to south, and south to north, whatever. You know, it's a 3D sort of thing. But now that everybody or a lot of people can work from home, it's it'll be interesting to see how that curve changes because more and more people not only are buying cottages and stuff, but they're also moving or considering moving out of the downtown core and beyond the first layer of suburbia. It's not really like, how would you call Westmount in Montreal? Or how would you call Westmount West is central? Westmount is central, but it's not da- it's not the downtown core. It's like cent- no, it's but like- it's like central downtown. Yeah, it's like downtown adjacent. Yeah, exactly. And like the Ville Marie, uh, the like the nice houses in downtown. Yeah, like the central houses. Yeah, that's the and, same. And 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 how would you call where we live right now? I'd like a like suburb, but like central suburb. Okay, so it's like a. I'd say like West Island is suburb. Yeah. Or like central. Or suburb. like a no traffic fifteen minute drive to downtown. Yeah. But Montreal is a small city. But just yeah. to give you, like, context. so what... Or even something like Toronto. If we use Toronto, like, downtown would be, like, your Bay Street, Bloor, that kind of area. And then your, like, your York, your Forest Hill, all of that would be, like, central yeah, suburb adjacent Your Yorkville would be, like, your trendy, which we can talk about later. That would be, like, central, but trendy central. Or, I don't know, like, that would be, like, the St. Henry here. Or the yeah. Griffintown. Yeah. Like, the trendy... The trendy, the trendy part that's still central. The young like, professionals that live kind of close yeah. to downtown, but it's adjacent. And, yeah. you know, they like the commute. There's bars, there's restaurants and stuff, but yeah. those are kind of irrelevant now. Anyway, so what I was getting at, and I was talking about this with my boss earlier because he lives in the boonies, and I'm like, you know, I think that the the tip of that graph, so the, the, the highest point, meaning downtown, is going to go down in terms of price. Okay. And where we are which is like semi suburb but not too far suburb will probably remain very flat in terms of price fluctuations due to the pandemic and then you look and at the fact the price is already higher yeah yeah like it's not going to go down so much nor will it no. go up so much but then you look at at prices in the suburbs and those are probably going to increase like Laval or like Blainville well yes but nobody knows where, where that is so we're just going to use like suburbs so the, the the curve that used to be very tall and very pointy because, you know, the downtown core mm-hmm. was so expensive now is going to flatten out because people like the premium to live downtown isn't going to be what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot more people are going to want to live outside of the city. So the price differential between, say, a condo or a two bedroom, not two bedroom mm-hmm. home, but a five bedroom home, that would be a 45 minute drive to downtown and a four bedroom home. That's a 25 minute drive to downtown the price difference will be much closer than it used to be. That's what I think is going to happen. 
that the delta between areas that approach the downtown core, that premium that you would pay to be closer to the downtown area is going to slowly decrease. It's not going to disappear because, yes, all the yeah, yeah. all the big offices are downtown and will remain downtown most likely because they need to think about, well, if I'm hiring students out of school, we need to be close to transit. We need to be easily accessible mm-hmm. by, by subway, by bus, by, by train, airport. whatever, oh. by the airport, sure. But so, like, I, th- there will still be a demand to be downtown, especially for these younger fresh out of school or, or, or mm-hmm. immigrants meeting like or migrant workers or however you want to call them like uh, okay. yeah, yeah. whatever you call those people interesting um so i think like the 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 demand for the downtown area may decrease say 15 mm-hmm. or 20 percent which means that the prices you, would do you think though decrease. that's across the board for all residential types like house condo apartment plex or is it just particular to one type well See the, the 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 problem. I think like people get much more attached to homes than they do to a condo. Okay. Because I don't like you know I look at my condo I'm like oh I'm not gonna marry my condo like if I have to leave to go to a house I'm not gonna be sad if yes, I have to leave yes. to go to a new condo I'm not gonna be sad because it's it's less. There's less sentimental value. It's less personable because you can't like you don't have a backyard you didn't see your kids grow up there it's a condo it's small it's meant kind of to be temporary like I live in a one bedroom I can't raise a family here that would be a shit show. So some in my people, mind, I do. yeah, for sure. But I would like, you know, it's funny it's tough. Yeah. because us growing up, we, we all grew up in homes, right? All of us. It's very rare that you, you meet people that are 25 our age that grew up in an apartment. It happens, of course, but it's much more rare. But nowadays, if you have a kid today and you live on your own, odds are you're in a condo or you're, you're in an apartment. So that you know that 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 cookie cutter childhood of like playing in the backyard on the swing set while the mom does the dishes and the dad cooks or you know whatever it is or the dad's in the garage working on his whatever and then the mom is doing whatever like those like that whole like cookie cutter like white picket fence life isn't really a reality anymore um Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going. We're digressing way off of, of what I, of the well, topic, you but such a nice picture, I know. I say, like, oh my god, the life, yes. the life that was stereotypical you know? gender roles. Oh, this is so great. This is so accepted in today's society. Whatever. No, but um, like you painted it like an att- yes, like yes, that's that's yes. like a picture to for people to like strive to get. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to raise my kids in this, like a garage, have like and a picket s- fence, and this yeah, and that. Yeah. No, it it brings me back to my childhood, Julie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Obviously, so it's. So yes, like the more the market mm-hmm. or like the cult, I don't know how you want to call that, but I feel like the level of attachment that we have to a condo is much less than yeah, a house, just because the memories that you have, I don't know, it's just smaller, it's it's more industrialized, it's more packed. Yeah, I think also because you're thinking that this is not going to be like when you buy a house, yeah, it's like you plan to be there for a while. It's like that's the American dream. Like I bought my house. Like yeah. I, I I have a colleague at work. He he's from India and. I don't know if it matters, but maybe it does because he's an immigrant, so he has this sort of idea of what it is to live in North America. Like he studied in, in the States, so he's not like new to, to North America. But he was like he was renting a condo and he wanted to his wife wanted to own something. So they ended up buying a condo because homes are pretty expensive. But in his mind, like the end game is a home. Like he's like, when I buy a home, I'm set, I'm good, I'm happy. But in the condo, it's like this intermittent state between yeah. renting an apartment or a triplex or whatever and owning a home so i think a yeah. lot of people are in that intermittent state even frank yeah. my other no, friend it's true it's true i agree with that because even like the way you think about like furnishing a condo yeah. you're not like buying 
not I don't see a lot of people like buying high end furniture. No. Like they might buy one or two pieces, just like their sofa or whatever, their table, because they use it every day, but they're not putting in these big investments because I think in their mind it's like this is a temporary thing. And because they have less money. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because furniture is so no, expensive. It's true, but they're looking at it, I think, from like it's a temporary thing. I don't want to like put too many eggs in this. I just want to like try it and. Yeah. And, and 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 because they know like I want to buy a house later on. Yeah. What happens now is if the prices skyrocket, you might end up staying in your condo longer than you know you anticipated, which which happens yeah. as well. So all this to go back to like what you the question you asked me is is that going to be the same for condos and homes and stuff downtown mm-hmm. versus not? I think the condo market will just if you like isolate if you only look at the effects of people migrating out of the city because of the pandemic effect on condos only i think they're going to be slightly more impacted just because of the attachment that people have to a home versus mm-hmm. a condo yes people can buy a much bigger home if they sell their home downtown and go live in the boonies mm-hmm. absolutely um but then with a bigger home comes maintenance yes but if you but there's a difference between having land and having no land when you're in a condo you have no land so there's it's like zero maintenance but you don't have any land and sometimes you do want to have a backyard even if it's small just to have a backyard just so you can go outside and have your kids play outside and I, be protected i think though now even looking one of the other things is why i would think condo prices would actually decrease a lot more drastically than like a two percent or a three percent thing it's just because now here in Quebec, we've gone through, well, this is like a semi-lockdown, but we went through a full lockdown, or most of the world went through a full lockdown. It's very hard being locked down in a condo. I don't know how I would do it. It's tough. Well, it's if hard you didn't being... Have like a, if you didn't have a deck, like if you had a tiny little balcony, yeah, and that's it. It's very hard to do that. Especially like, if you're with your family. Yes, but even if you're, even if you're, let's say you're single, you have a studio in downtown, it's 300 square feet and you have a tiny deck and like yeah. there's no there's no place to run outside or there's no like grass it's and just, like you can't go to a cafe to study like yeah you, you just you yeah. walk out and you're on well for example you you walk out and you're in the middle of Times square let's say yeah. hypothetically or you walk out you're in the middle of bay street in toronto it's like fine it's nice you can walk but like you can't go like sit at a park that's nearby or stuff like that especially if things are closed you can't really do anything well there's no restaurants there's no so yeah. bars all the appeal that those areas used but I, to have i feel like even for you here you have like a deck outside you know you walk down there's grass you like growing stuff in the summer and everything so it has that like it's a condo but it has like a little bit of that homey feel you yeah. know you have that space and but everything. it's also in a residential neighborhood yes it is so it's less surrounded and also by concrete. Th- th- like the biggest thing for me like working from home is this separation of a, of a workspace from from my actual like home space it's yeah. like it's a you, you it's the same computer it's the same desk you look at it at night it's like oh this crap again and you're just tired of it you want you want to change and people are like working outside or working at the park or something like that, I find it, especially in a condo, if a studio or one bedroom and you don't have an office, now it makes it much more tough, which yeah. people now start to look at, especially if they don't have to work from home, sell the condo, move to a bigger space, kids have room to move around, I have a home office, I have a backyard, I have this, I have that, and I think that's going to really dr- put more pressure on the downtown core, especially the, and I mean the downtown condos that are like in, in a downtown area. If you're like a condo next to like Central Park or something, I don't see the same impact yeah. as, uh, as you know, a condo right in the in the smack of downtown, like right in the in, in Wall Street or in a, in a finance district that's really like there just so people can work. Or yeah. in like a trendy place like Yorkville, for example, where the trendiness aspect now is gone. There's no... 
besides the shops. There's no like well, trendiness. It's gone temporarily. Like yeah, but you, you the part of the reason you move there is to experience yeah. all of that. Yeah. And if we're in a situation where this gets dragged on now for another eighteen months beyond what we have now, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna drive down some some values for sure. It's 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 inevitable. And then the people that bought for Airbnb, that's a different ballgame. Yeah, but most people that bought for Airbnb are in the downtown core. Yes. So back to my initial theory is that prices downtown are going to go down, down like, you know, say 10%. Mm-hmm. Prices... 10% is your theory? I, I don't know. Like maybe 10, 15%. The, the percentage doesn't matter. It's just the relativeness between all the areas. Oh, okay. Okay. If you go a little bit outside of downtown, you may have like a 5% decrease. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at an area like us where we are, which is maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes from downtown. That I think would be relatively flat. Because, like, would you imagine your dad selling his house to go live further away just because he could afford a bigger house? Mine? Yeah. No. Like, your house is already big enough. Like, why would you want a bigger house than the one you already have? No, but I feel that people who own houses already, if it's sufficient space, I don't see them as moving. Yeah. I really see the big movement as the people that live in the condos in downtown buying a house. That's the biggest movement I see. Yeah. And it was, like, the same – it's the same when – the real estate market drops, and now you have people from the suburbs moving in closer into the city yeah. because now they can buy, you know, for a hundred thousand more, they can live thirty minutes closer to downtown. Yeah. And it's, I feel, it's the same kind of relationship. So I, I see that going there, but I see then the value of the houses going up because they're more in demand and inventory yeah. and everything. That also is all on top of that. Yeah, all those effects are on top of that. But let's flip the bill then. Okay. And always we say, you know, when when um, but when uh, people are greedy, you be careful. And when people are scared, scared, you be greedy. Yeah. Warren Buffett's favorite line. It's not bad. I know it's like something different. Paraphrasing. But paraphrasing. Yeah. Is this then when the prices drop an opportunity to buy in downtown? That depends on what companies end up doing. Okay. Like like I said, I think that companies yes there will be a a higher propensity to work from home for sure but i think companies will still need to be in the downtown core just because of presence the proximity of all the services like all the transport all all, all the public transit stuff like that um you know frank he works for sap uh they own a building or no they rent a space a space a building uh downtown and now they're looking at buying a floor in, I think, Pasadena Avenue or something like that um, to have, like, open workspace concept. Okay. Because a lot of the people there are in sales and, you know, they're on the road. They're yeah, this, yeah. they that. They don't need to be in the office every day. So why have all this space if nobody's there? And now this work from home thing, a lot of companies that may not have had the infrastructure to work from home invested to then be able to work from home. Mm-hmm. So... You know, and and owning space downtown or renting space downtown is very expensive. So in that in that sense, there will be a decrease, I think, in overall people driving to and from downtown to go to work. But I do still do think that there will be benefits to living downtown because you will be closer to your office and you may need to go in two days a week, or may, you may need to go in full time because. Um, the nature of your job requires it like you can work from home but you're more effective if you're going to the office and Mm -hmm. it won't be unreasonable for a company to say no we want you in the office every day like if you don't like it go find another job sure but um in that sense i think that it will still keep its appeal 
it will still keep its premium, but that premium that you pay will be less than what it is now. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Allie? I don't know. It really depends on... Eight. Well, obviously, this depends on how long this um, this change lasts for. Yeah. Um, that's a big impact. If it's one year, two year, three year, if it's five years, it's a completely different story. The thesis changes completely. I don't know. I think the work from home, like me personally, I don't know if I'm completely sold on it. I think it, it ha- I think, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there was this novelty effect of, you know, yeah. everyone there, everyone cooking, everyone trying out different things. You know, there was a joke about the health minister making these Portuguese pastries and he was sharing his recipe and everything. Um, but like all of that's gone now and people are like, I, I'm pretty sure people are tired of trying stuff at home and eating their own food. Yeah. Just want, you don't want to go out and, and, uh, and eat or not, not cook. But I, I have a feeling like, because we've been working from home for such a continuous period of time, I think when, if people are allowed to go back to the office, I, I think a, like a, there'll be a, a good percentage of people that will say they want to work from the office for a while. Or at least on a rotation. Like yes. Two or three days a and week. And then, you know, gradually incorporate back the work from home. But because the, the, the work from home that was, that was happening before the pandemic is different from the work than home now. Yeah. Because the work from home then was there was no none of this kind of was set up. Your kids were still going to school. You know, yeah. you, there was still going to the office some days. Now it's like a completely it's not everyone was saying like this is a perfect pilot study. And it may have been in a way, but it's not necessarily the same on the on the other parameters. So it really depends on that. And again, it depends on kind of what the corporations are doing. A big part of why like corporations have big buildings in downtown also is to have a presence in the city if their headquarters are there they want to show like their customers or whoever's flying in international business people that look td bank or bmo bank or sap we have an office in downtown montreal like we have this presence we have these resources we have these facilities to do everything so that's also a a a big possibility and then what happens with the schools and what happens with everything else that also has a big kind of impact on 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 where things go i mean if if kids are allowed to work from home if kids are allowed to study from home and we move completely to an online thing then it kind of even negates the 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 thing to have like a campus in downtown like a huge campus or something and like the, that the fact that you pay a premium to be in these neighborhoods with yeah, schools as well exactly. so that but could also impact i mean then prices. it changed like if you look at something like mcgill they have a huge they have a huge huge campus in downtown and if we transition to a, like a completely online thing even though they're not paying like property taxes on it because it's an it's an education facility it's like well what do we do with all this land yeah like we're paying to maintain this land we're paying to do the landscaping paying for the hydro paying for the maintenance and then it's also well what do we do with the residences then cuz yeah. why would a student pay like $1000 a month to live there when they can pay like $300 and live you know uh, with their with their friends or something in their like home that. country, yeah, or, <laughs> or in their home country, or in their home country, yeah. But you, you 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 it really changes like the the dynamic, and then it changes the the people that have um, real estate for students only because yeah, like we were we were in Trois Rivières, which is like a the small river, little river. three yeah. rivers. It's a small it's little a, city. It's a university Quebec. town, pretty much. Yeah, right? and there's like I think like paper mills and industrial work and stuff like that. It's Maybe. about it's about halfway between Quebec City and Montreal, but we were there and we we're looking at like these student opportunities because I think the school there gets ten thousand students per year. I want to say don't or per semester, something like that, which is a fair chunk for for that small town. 
But it's like, hey, the opportunities to rent out to students is really great. Yeah. But it's like now, uh, the students all left. Yeah, student and housing you, now definitely is going to take a, a hit. So yeah. anything that was designed exactly. for that, but that is mostly rooms. Exactly. Can't, it's hard to rent out to a family. But on the worst side, let's say if you had a student uh, property in New York, near Columbia or something, you could easily repurpose that to rent to a professional or yeah. a worker. If you had something in Trois-Rivières or in Kingston, for example, in, in Ontario where Queens is, who are you going to rent to? Because yeah. there's no like, there's no work, there's no professionals. The, yeah. So at the time, you may have, you know, your 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 um your thesis was spot on. Now your thesis is is not worth anything, and on top of it, your property has no value at all. So I, I mean, for maybe maybe we should go look and uh, go bargain hunt there. No, it's actually no, it's a smart idea. But again, how how it's it's now a question if let's say this thing is gonna last two more years. Can you, do you have the capital or do you have the potential or the will or the patience to weather the storm for two yeah. years? You know, can you hold on to a loser for two years while the market bounces? And if the market bounces and I was a, I was a firm believer, like at the beginning of the pandemic that, you know, we, we don't necessarily need to change valuations immediately on, on assets because, you know, they, they still have an intrinsic value. And w- this is, this, this could still be called an outlier situation, but when now we go 18 months in, two years in, two and a half years in, now the revenue figures, you know, have had a chance to like yeah. get used to everything and they will change. The valuations will have to change on stocks, on bonds, on, on everything because you've completely changed the landscape of, uh, of stuff. But I think what you, what you wanted to get to when you uh, paraphrase Warren Buffett's quote was like, should you buy downtown yeah. if prices go down? Yes. Should you, is this the time to, you know, that, that big building, that commercial building or the residential building that was coveted for so long that you were looking at, you know, is this the time to buy it? Is this the time maybe to move to a downtown house or a downtown uh, property if you, if you wanted to do it? Like, yeah. is this the time? Or if like you're, I don't know, if you own, if you are, if you're a restaurateur and you're looking for space, is this the time maybe to, to buy a little spot because it's, it's much cheaper than uh, than it is or uh, you know is it the time to i don't know sign a sign a lease that you tell him you know you're going to give me the first the first year free or something because the 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 person who owns a building can't get any tenants like i'm sure there's different people out there thinking about this and there's different business moves for sure to be had it's just a matter either of weathering the storm or seeing where the potential is or uh, i mean we uncertainty no one no one got anywhere without taking risks and and taking on some level of uncertainty and you're gonna have to take on some some level of uncertainty to to get ahead well to to make above average returns you need to take on risk Uh, i think that downtown like if you want to move if if you're looking at a good time to buy to live there because you want to live there yeah sure like Mm -hmm. if there is a, a market correction on the downtown prices in your area go for it if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, then that's a bit different because you need to sort of think about, well, when the, when this pandemic goes away, what is going to be left of the day? Like what, what's going to be the, the job situation? Yeah. What are going to be the main real estate drivers in this area? And how fast will stuff come back if they are going to come back? Yeah, it's not how, the, how fast, you know, real estate's a long-term game. You can wait a couple no, but of like years. How fast will but, tenants want yeah. to come back to live in that area? But it's if it, like if jobs you know, want people to show up and the restaurants open yes. up. Like, then, yes, the downtown will come back to life. People will want to live there. 
some of them may not because they realize like, oh, I don't need this. I don't mind blah, blah, blah. And I can work from home now. So it's okay. But those who want that whole social aspect, like, oh, mm-hmm. because, you know, I was thinking if you live downtown, like you see you know, in these three, four, 500 square foot condos, the reason why people who live downtown are always out is like they meet their friends at bars. Yeah. I was thinking like we meet each other, like meet our friends at my place because I moved out. We don't, we don't, we, we, how often have we said, let's meet up at this bar at but this restaurant? we're also in the suburbs. So we'd have to drive 25 minutes, get parking, pay yeah, for parking. Yeah, 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 for sure. We can't drink because you can't drive then. For sure. So there's all those other yeah. parameters and stuff. If I, if, if I, my bar is right next to my house, I can yeah. come home wasted and, and yeah. walk, you know, or sleep or, I mean, at the he, bar, he, sleep on the street. Or whatever, yeah, or take but... an Uber. But again, you, you don't see people from the suburbs going to like, you're not going to go uh, do that. Yeah. So, But maybe the younger generation who has grown up doing this will miss it and will want to return to like the hip, not necessarily the downtown core, but like hip areas mm-hmm. that have cl- clubs and bars and this and that yeah. just to get that social interaction back because, trust me, living in suburbia is not very exciting. No. That's for I, sure. You I also, walk outside, there's not much happening. I also think it depends on when the universities as well resume yeah. uh, in-person instruction because like a city like Montreal where we're very dependent on a lot of students in yeah. the downtown area, like Concordia has 40,000 students a year. McGill has another 40. And then UCAM probably has, I want to say 20 to 30. That's 110,000 people that need that like to drink, that like to eat, and that like to party. That, yeah. And yeah, but that's like Outremont. Yeah. But that's a lot of people, a lot of international students, a lot of parents come like think of something like Frost Week. How many parents you have come in? How many students are there? How many families just like eating dinner, going out, buying like beds, buying mattresses? Like each one of these events on its own, some of the retailers count on that one specific event mm-hmm. for like a quarter of their revenue. Yeah. And it's just crazy when you like pull out, just you yank one little thing out, you change the valuation completely. Yeah. Like the equation completely changes. Yeah. And uh, and that's the thing with this with this pandemic is we've realized like every single thing is connected. You disrupt like the restaurants. You're not just disrupting them alone. You disrupt the suppliers. You disrupt the consumers. You disrupt everyone down to the person that like supplies the napkins yeah. or cleans the washrooms. Yeah, it really, really has a circular effect. And then the washroom guy doesn't buy cleaning supplies, and then the cleaning company is affected, and it just continues. It just spirals. Not if it's a pandemic, though. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Selling a lot of that. It's uh, it's like I remember Saputo or uh, or Natrell, which make dairy products here. They were throwing away a lot of their their milk and their products in March and April because it was going bad. And consumers were saying, well, why don't you just repurpose it? And I think the guy said, well, hold on. I have like 10,000 of those little milk sachets, those little milk cups for coffee. Who who am I going to pay? No one wants to work, number one, because of CERB and the $2,000 a month. Who is going to stand there, open one at a time, and pour it in a jug? But to that, repurpose, but, if you had wanted to repurpose that, but how that would you milk repurpose isn't that? the same as the milk that you buy in a carton or a bag. No, I know, but like, like, let's say hypothetically, you wanted to repurpose yeah, that. Yeah, but it's, it's just to say, like, you can't. All those prepackaged milk or sugar I know. products, they go to waste or they can go to waste if they're not stored properly just because the restaurants are all closed. Exactly. So, yeah. But what would you do with like that or the butters, like the tiny little butters? Yeah, yeah. The sugar, at least, like, you could sell it to the people, they'll use it at home. But like, <laughs> Who's going to buy stirring sticks at home? Like yeah. all of these little things that no one ever thinks about. 
um, or like coffee cups or something like that, like the paper ones. And it was just like, it's just really interesting how it changes and how like each stage in March and April, the Walmart CEO even said every week is a new like hot item. First, it was toilet paper and sanitizer. Then it was wipes. Then it was food. Then it was the grooming products. Then it was the dye. Now we're onto like combs and hair clippers and this. And then, then we went into camping gear and tents and the mosquito flies and the outdoor heaters. Yeah. And it's just like every week is a new hot item. And if you can predict the hot item, you're a winner. Yeah. Or if you have enough of the hot item, you're a winner. Yeah. And it's just really, really funny how it just cycles between all of these. And, uh, and yeah, it's just... Uh, uh, or, like, or like athletic gear and stuff. Like the Nike always seems to have a line because people are at home and you're not wearing suit pants. You're probably wearing shorts or boxers or nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So all this to get back to the real estate. Mm-hmm. So... To summarize, I guess the trend is prices downtown should go down. Prices in the suburbs should go up because of the demand for mm-hmm. living in a house is going to increase. And if you're in between, well, it depends. It may go up, it may go down, or it may remain flat, depending on the nature of what you own. Is it a house, is it a condo, is it a, mm-hmm. a, a triplex or whatever? Or maybe in your town, being in the downtown core wasn't ever so relevant, so it doesn't really have an impact on real estate prices as we said they may mm-hmm. right the one thing that might be a problematic is if you owned let's say you own the a downtown condo and you're hoping to move to a house it might be harder now because just to get your price and be able to actually sell yeah because a lot of, of your unit because be inventory has skyrocketed in in some of these areas where uh where it was just you know downtown for rent or downtown for living and you were you may have been in a position where a lot of people were renting and you were like oh well i own like it's going to be easy to rent because an investor will buy it. And now that uh, that idea or that channel has completely been thrown out the window. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's I think we touched on everything we wanted to touch on. And more. And, and more yes, as usual. And the more is what they come for, Julie. Yeah, of course. They come, come for, for the a little more. extra. Yeah. A little extra wink, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Why don't you why don't you close it away, Ali, because you're so good at that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. At least I'm good at something. Uh, but <laughs> if you want to reach us, you can always reach us at personalfinanceboss uh, at gmail.com uh, or at our course, the Personal Finance Toolkit for Beginners on Udemy. Uh, yeah. And thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next one. What about the Facebook, Ali? Oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah. They have personal our Personal Finance Boss page on Facebook. Not even good at that. You can that. also comment and, uh, and, uh, Ask and follow us on SoundCloud, too. Questions. Yeah. Ask us questions. That's Julian questions. He's good at those. <laughs> thanks, guys. See you in the next one.